All right. If you brought your Bible with you or have your Bible apps on your phone, find Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And I want to share with you some things that were on my heart to say today. Maybe it's just today. But we're going to get it out in the right way. Everybody come in faith today? Now, did you pray about the service? If not, quick. (laughs) Lord, speak to me. See, that actually works. On the other side, it gives me an excuse to say anything. (laughs) And you have to receive it. (laughs) Uh, Matthew chapter 5. Notice with me uh, in verse 14. 514. Jesus speaking here. He's the only one who can speak in red. And he said, uh, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so I want you to notice, first of all, that the light of God was designed to shine through us. Okay, we know uh, also there are scriptures that say Jesus is the light of the world, right? But this this one says we are the light. Uh, I think most of us recognize we're not the origin of the light. It doesn't, it doesn't, didn't start with us, starts with him. And then, and then is designed to shine through us. And so God's will in the earth is not manifest uh, just by him directly uh, performing various tasks and moving in the earth. But God's will is manifest when he through us works. Yeah, we want to sometimes sit back and say, Lord, just make it happen. Lord, just do it. But so often you'll find that the answer to God move means that we start moving. Yeah, when we say, Lord, stretch out your hand, it looks very much like our hand. Yeah, and when we stretch our our hand, God's hand is in us, and miracles happen, and great works are are manifest in the earth. It's, It's similar uh, to maybe uh, our galaxy, our, our solar system, and how uh, the moon does not have a light source of itself. But when we see the moon and on a clear night uh, with no fires or anything going on, I mean, uh, the moon can be quite bright and give sufficient light to do many things, but it, it is actually a reflection of the sun. Yeah, and in, in similar fashion, we reflect the, the light of Jesus. And, and so uh, we want to stay in, in good proximity, good position to where we're always in direct contact with him. Yeah, and then we shine brightly to those around us. And of course, our words dictate to everyone who thinks we're, you know, the source. Uh, nope, <laughs> we're just a reflection. It is him in us that is, that is making us look so good. And making our lives so wonderful and making our lives so bright. So we do that, of course, by having the Word of God in us. When we have the Word in us, we're, we're, that's a manifestation of God's light. When we are living full of the Spirit, when we 
when we carry the standards of heaven as our own standards, that is a reflection of God's will. Okay, when we carry the life of God, talking about the Zoe stuff, the very God quality of life in us, that is what our world needs today, more people who look like him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first John said over there, the apostle John wrote, if you, uh, if you say you belong to him, you should walk as he walked, right? I know sometimes people think, well, I could never walk like Jesus did. I could never do what he did. The scripture says you can. Yeah, we are told we can and we ought to. Okay, this is what's needed. Say, we need Jesus to move. We need you to move. (laughs) Or we can say it this way. Jesus, we need to move. And he's probably saying, well, I need you to move. I need you to be a carrier of my glory, my light, my standards, my life, everything I am. Yeah? I mean, if it were all on, on the Lord, I think everything would be handled fine, but he designed it to that he, so that he would work through us. So if we do not light the place up, basically darkness will prevail. We live in a time that uh, the world is very, very dark, and you could say that it's always been that way, meaning outside of a connection with God, things are dark. Uh, Definitely, there is great manifestations of darkness in the earth today, and uh, it seems to be getting more and more aggressive. Have you noticed? Darkness seems to be more blatant and in your face and more aggressive. Uh, That's not good, but at the same time, it enables us to stand out a little more. I mean, if you take out, if you were to take out your phone, a lot of phone, most phones have a flashlight on them now, right? And, uh, and, and you come up here and turn on your flashlight in the middle of all these lights, it won't be very impressive. It, it would be, okay, I see that. But if we were to cut all the lights in, in this auditorium and uh, yours was the only one, how many know? Whoa, that's bright. <laughs> You'd be able to see quite a bit in here. And, and so when the world is darker and darkness manifests even stronger, what's that an opportunity for? For us to totally stand out, all right? The light in us becomes more, more obvious, more distinct. You are clearly one of them, <laughs> right? You clearly have something that is of heaven's realm in your life. And, and, and this is the way that uh, Paul wrote about the gospel and about how Satan works to, to blind people from the light. Or, uh, you might be familiar with 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 reads, But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest they see the light of the gospel of of. Uh, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, uh, should shine on them. So the, the, the enemy's work is to keep people blind, lest they see the light. The light is the solution. The light is the answer to so many problems. So many times when we've made poor decisions, we've gone off the path, made the wrong choices, it was because we were presently in that moment walking in darkness. We lacked information, we lacked understanding, we lacked revelation of God's will and his plan. But when you have light, oh, I tell you, it is easy to navigate. Come on, go in, the corner, go in that corner of the auditorium and cut the lights and make your way over to the other side. Yeah, you're going to be feeling around and 
kicking your shins into chairs and everything else, but turn on the lights and you can navigate without any problems whatsoever. Amen. And the world is stumbling all over itself. And I say the world, I'm talking about the people, I'm not talking about the planet. The people in the world, so many are stumbling, they don't know what to do. They say dumb things. I get it. I've said dumb things. You've said dumb things. But it's because they don't see. It's because they don't know. So many are, 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 are living in darkness. And so when there is confusion, deceit, and people have lost their way, they simply need more light. What does that look like? Well, Jesus said here, again in Matthew 5, the city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You put up a light. You don't put a basket over it. You set it up on a lampstand. When the world needs more light, it needs more of you. It needs more of me. Not hidden me, not cowering in the corner me, not, not, not embarrassed of the Lord me, not, not, not living in fear that someone might disagree with me. The world needs light. Lord, give it to them. Here you are. Here I am. And this is his plan. This is his design. He's not going to, uh, you know, subvert the system. The system is you. You are the carrier of light in this world, so we should not hide. Amen? We don't get more light by listening to more news. That's a, that's a, at anything going to dampen the light. Uh, we get more light one way is by being in his word. The psalmist said, 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. More, light, more word, more light. Less word, less light. The less we shine like we're supposed to. But let me draw your attention to this as well. And hopefully you'll pick up where I'm going, where I'm, what I'm talking about here today. Uh, but Jesus said in this passage that it is our works that people need to see. They will, they'll see your, your works, and then they'll glorify God, in, your, your Father in heaven. They see what you do. They don't see what you believe. Our, our believing is the foundation of everything, but our believing is not necessarily seen. What we do gets seen. People don't glorify God in heaven because you have a good belief. They glorify God in heaven because your belief is strong enough, is sufficient enough to move you to action. And when we actually do something, people take notice. Everybody with me today? Well, I have perfect doctrine. So do I. (laughs) But they don't see that. I can't make a difference in the world unless at least part of that doctrine says, giddy up and do something for God. And let your light get out of the hidden place. Amen, amen. And so let's talk about our country for a few minutes. And uh, you're excited. (laughs) You would think I said healing or... (laughs) Let's talk about how to get rich. (laughs) But my question is this. Should we separate our relationship with God from our involvement in 
civic affairs, in voting, in politics. Should there be a, a separation, this is in one category, this is in another category. Should these uh, be completely apart from one another? Now, uh, let me answer my own questions today. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> let, let, me, let me say this. Uh, as a church, Life Church does not take an official position on all things. Okay? Hear me out. We don't have to have a position paper, a statement of faith on every subject under the sun, okay? There are some things we do, some things we don't. Um, for example, someone asked uh, not too long ago, they said, what does the church believe? Does the church believe the numbers that are being reported about the coronavirus? Well, here, here's, I understand the question. I, I'm around, just like you are. Uh, the church doesn't have to take a position on that. You understand what I'm saying? You have a position, maybe, or an opinion at, at least. I do as well. But for me to make that too central to our message, I think is getting our eye off the ball. If it were mentioned, you know, slightly, I just want to keep the main thing, the main thing for what we do. I'm not dis disregarding your opinion on it or the 12 articles you shared. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I get that. But that's not necessarily where I'm going to come and say, Life Church's official position is we don't believe this percentage, we believe this percentage. You, you understand what I'm saying? Um, uh, the, the, the question um, that some might have, or even a, a thought, even when, when I start to go down this path, a person might even be thinking, I come to church to get away from politics. What are you doing right here? Okay. <laughs> I understand that as well. I understand that, that, that thought, but I want to raise this question. Um, are we to compartmentalize God, our relationship with God, to such a, an extreme extent that there is no crossover with how we live, how we deal with life and society, and even voting and, and political involvement? Are they supposed to be in two entirely separate boxes, or is there some crossover there? I think what, uh, you know, in large part, what the enemy would want Christians to do is just keep their worship, keep their declarations of faith quiet. Okay, do what you do, keep it in the building, but, it's, but check your Bible at the door on the way out, and then live like a secular human being. Live like someone without a, a connection with God whatsoever. I, I, I'm not for that. I, I, I believe my Christianity, my relationship with God, my belief in His Word should affect how I, how I uh, live my life in the home. 
relating to my wife and my kids, how I treat you as a, not only as a believer, but as a human being let alone a, you know, a citizen of the country and so forth. I think that all should, should, should uh, bleed over. It should affect how I deal with my finances. All right, hold on to your seat. It should affect our driving. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning you should drive faster is what I mean by that. <laughs> just, just to be clear. <laughs> God is light and you know how fast that goes. <laughs> All right, obey the traffic laws. Don't let me lead anyone in. You said this, and I got a ticket. (laughs) I'm just saying, uh, I should be a Christian 24-7. If I really have confessed Jesus as the Lord of my life, I cannot say, well, that's only in my prayer closet. That's only while I'm reading my Bible, and then I go live like the world. That does not make anyone look at me and glorify my Father in heaven. They look at me then and see, why do you even bother? Because you're no different than me. Amen. And so, uh, there is a connection made when someone embraces the Word of God to uh, their political activity their social activity. If you really believe God's word, it is impossible for you to separate the two. Say, well, I've, I, I, I vote this way, but I believe this way in my relationship with God. These things had better be influenced, connected. And ultimately, I want to say it this way, your relationship with God and his word and your spirit-filled life should impact the other. All right. And so, uh, although there are many issues that Bible-believing Christians can differ on, everybody say amen. Amen. That's true. And there are many issues you don't even have to have an opinion about. Sometimes people want to force you into an opinion. What do you think? What's your stand on this? None. What do you mean? Haven't you read? Haven't you seen? Well, you know. I respect your right to have an opinion on that. I don't necessarily have to have one or a stated position on it. Amen. Even when things get stirred up in the world, you remember just even a few months when things started falling apart in our country along a certain line. Some people say, want to hear, make a statement. Where do you stand? Where do you stand? And I said, and I did. I got up and I said, here's where I stand. Be slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Quick to hear. That's the character of Christ. That's the direction of the word. And you find out just shortly thereafter, all kinds of people said stuff they wish they could have taken back. I don't want to be that person. And we've all said things we shouldn't say before, right? But I don't want to be regularly just spouting off without information, you know, answering a matter before I hear it. Proverbs says it's a folly and a shame to you. And so to embrace God's word means that positions and... uh, you know, even political positions and cultural positions are and must be altered if you embrace this word, okay? If you don't, then, you know, turn on the news and, may, and be deceived. <laughs> uh, I mean, get your information from somewhere else. But this has got to be the standard. If, if, this, if, if the words of God has changed your life like they have mine, 
uh, then that's the supreme word. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Here's a, here's a question that arises sometimes that I'm going to not fill in the specifics. You fill that in yourself. But people will say, can you be a Christian and vote for fill in the blank? Can someone be a Christian and vote for, and then they name the bad person? <laughs> or the bad party, or the bad proposition, or the position, or the thing that, can you really be a Christian and vote for that? Let's back up from that for for just a moment. To be saved means that you have acknowledged, you believed in the death of Jesus for your sins, his resurrection, you have confessed his lordship over your life. How many know you can be saved, a Christian, you can be saved and have a, have a lot of wrong thinking. You can be wrong about a whole bunch of stuff and still go to heaven. It's called being right about the Savior. Yeah? And so when someone says, can someone take this position? Can they vote for this and really be a Christian? Can I just tell you straight? Yes. They can be. I'm kind of glad about that. I know some people want only a certain party in heaven. (laughs) And and wrong votes disqualify them from heaven. (laughs) But that is not the standard given in the book. The standard is Jesus. It is what he did for us and our belief in him. It is the new birth. If you've been saved, you're glad that your salvation is not hinging on you being wrong about a myriad of issues. Be right about Jesus. But here's a better question. Are you ready for this one? I think the question should be, can you be a disciple of the Lord and hold certain positions? We're not talking heaven and hell. We're talking about adhering to the word. A disciple, a, a follow hard after him kind of person. Some, you remember Jesus said in John eight thirty one, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Are there Christians who have not continued in his word? For sure. They, wa- they watch way more news than they read the word. That makes you a disciple of that news anchor. Hallelujah. So the question would be, can you be a disciple of the Lord and hold certain views? My light does not shine when I am conformed to the world. Okay. It doesn't mean that I've lost my salvation. It means I have not, con- it means I'm not holding fast to the word of truth. Turn with me, if you would, to, to Romans. Romans chapter 12. Some of you are familiar with this, this passage, and it's a good one. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, and notice with me in verse 2. It reads, and do not be conformed to this world or you're going to hell. (laughs) No, excuse me, I read that in there. 
and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I want you to notice, here's a two-step process for everybody. First get saved, then get transformed. Everybody say saved first, saved. transformed second. Transformed is not saved. It's not the same thing as saved. Saved, you get saved with all kinds of funky thinking. Maybe even some bad habits still. Maybe even some things to overcome in your life. Maybe even some, uh, you know, some language that you need to relearn. <laughs> Maybe even some bad habits, some practices that are ungodly. Still saved, though. Still instantaneously made the righteousness of God in Christ. And he writes to believers, and he said this, that you should not be Christian, believer, saved person. Do not be conformed to this world. But what? Be transformed. What? I'm already saved. That's, he didn't say that. He didn't say get saved. He said be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then, then he went on to say that you may prove this good, acceptable, perfect will of God. I want you to notice, you are proof, I am proof of God. People are always looking for proof. Show me the proof, show me, give me evidence. There you are. This is evidence you are walking proof of the reality of God, the love of God, the power of God. It's you. When people start saying, I, I need to see some proof, it should be obvious in us. Now watch, it's not obvious if our minds are not renewed. It, unless we go from salvation to transformation, we never become an obvious living demonstration of the reality of God. So we cannot look at all Christians and see God, but we're supposed to. That's the design, that's the way he wants it to be, and so I only become proof of God after my mind is renewed. What does that mean? I start to think like he does. I need to adapt my thinking to him, not assume that he thinks like me. I should adapt so I start thinking like him. Amen. You know, James, uh, Pastor James, Church at Jerusalem, wrote a book. It's called James. And uh, in, in, in his book, one of the things he discussed was two types of wisdom. All right, you read about two types of wisdom. The, the less desired type of the two wisdoms is in James 3.15. And he says about that, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. Okay, there is a wisdom it's not from God, not from heaven, but stems from the earth. It's sensual, it's demonic, but it still comes across as a wisdom. In other words, someone could speak eloquently about a certain way of thinking, but at the, at the center of it is it's earthly, not heavenly, earthly. Uh, it's fleshy, sensual, so you can see some of the things, too much emphasis placed on earth instead of heaven, 
Too much planet stuff. Not enough heaven stuff. Colossians 2 said, set your mind on things above, not on the earth, right? Set your mind above. Don't think about the earth too much. Think about heaven more than you do earth. Thoughts in heaven equip us to be a light on earth and make a difference. But if everything is all earthly minded, talking about the planet, talking about earthly things, then you get out of the wisdom of God and you start adapting to a demonic way of thinking. And you'll see also that sexual components are often involved in that. It's sensual. It will twist the mind concerning sexual things. Has that been on the rise in the last few years? Okay. This is a wisdom that does not come from above. It comes from beneath. It is demonic. Again, what's our goal? Abide in his word so we can be his disciple. Where we, we seek not only to be saved, but to be transformed to the point where we, th- we have God's thoughts. Amen. And so, again, I, I think when it comes, let me try to finish things up. Uh, I, you guys listen so well. It's so easy to minister and teach. Uh, but when it comes to our season, we're getting ready for uh, an election, and there are things that are on the ballot Uh, Some of those, like I said, I want to reiterate, some things, Christians don't all necessarily walk in lockstep, and and that's okay, all right? There are other things I really believe we ought to. There are things on, uh, in this election, other elections, that do directly affect the church, the body of Christ. And if I could just say a couple, religious liberty is under attack in our nation. That really, those things really do matter. You know, pastor uh, in Florida, Rodney Howard Brown, actually was in jail for part of a day for having church. And if you read the whole story, you'll be on his side. And you'll, when, you see, when you see what happened, okay? And uh, actually, but that was in America. It's happening in other states right now where churches are endeavoring to meet and they're under persecution by their own government. That's a, a, a sad, sad thing to say. I know there's a counter-argument. I'm not oblivious to the fact, well, it's not against the church because they're also closing down the sports and the bars, and I, 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 under, I understand all that. I believe there's a spiritual component at the root. I don't think the devil ultimately cares about sports and bars. It's about the light getting squashed, hidden kept back. That's the main thing. All right, that's another message right there. (laughs) But we should, uh, um, we should be aware that these things are, I think, on the ballot. Obviously, life for the unborn is there. Amen. Uh, Support for Israel is on the ballot. See, these, I'm, I'm just giving you examples of things that tie into the church tie into the body of Christ, to to, to the will of God. I think there are things like giving more power to to people who want to do evil. I'm talking, I'm talking just, I'll just be shoot you straight, defunding police and, uh, uh, you know, basically uh, taking, maybe taking away firearms at the same time, that kind of stuff, empowering those who want to do evil want to do harm, those things are 
on the ballot, I want to say they're on the ballot, at least in principle. As I know it's not a line item vote. I vote against burning buildings. <laughs> or, you know, I know that's not on the ballot like that, but I'm talking about knowing where people stand and, and so forth. What can we do now? I want, to, I, want to, I want to tell you this. This might seem trite or like this is what we always say, but the very first thing is we pray. Always. I don't just mean that in theory. I mean actually do it. Actually pray. And pray, the, uh, pray and a- ask the Father, but then also use the power of binding and loosing. Yes. Right? The keys of the kingdom. And say, I'm not going to permit this. I'm a representative of heaven in the earth. I'm an ambassador from God, and I've been given the right to use his name. I know that's a whole teaching there, but I, no, I'm not going to permit this to keep happening in my country. Yes. In Jesus' name, I, 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 I stop this. I bind this up in Jesus' name. You should, we should do that in prayer. Yeah. And, uh, and so pray, obviously, speak. We're not here to hide our voice. We're here to speak out, to promote. And, of course, vote. Say, well, we live in Idaho. We know which way our, our states. Vote anyway. Yeah. It's not just on a national level. It's local level in all things. Vote on the off, the off years. Vote in the March things, you know, whenever stuff comes up. Vote in everything. Say, well, I don't even know what the issues are. I know. Take 10 minutes. Find out. And if you dwell in the Word, many times it'll be clear. Okay, and I realize sometimes it's not so clear. It's not, a, not directly against or for the, the Word of God. But nevertheless, we uh, should be involved. Amen. I don't think, can I, if I can just tell you this, I don't think we should substitute marching for praying. All right. I, I really believe just in my own conversations with the Lord that some things that people do are just because of what he said to me that that's not the method he's going to use to bring revival in the land. But I know from the word of God that we can pray, we can believe, we can do these things, and it will be used of God. At the same time, when I say all this, you know this, but let me just say what you know. Don't fight with people. Don't be harsh. Use soft words. Don't provoke division in all of your conversations or social media, that kind of stuff. Let there be a softness, a gentleness, a sweetness, a, a, a heart of love, and yet of strength at the same time, okay? And I think we can judge that when it's time to just like, oh, done talking here in this conversation. I'm not going to just go down that path. I don't want them to have the last word. Why? Pride? pride. <laughs> Let's not get into pride about this thing. I have to win the argument. Well, I do too. I understand. But, <laughs> but sometimes you just say, bless you. <laughs> See you later. Love you. We're good. Right? Yep. We don't want to fall into the enemy's traps while taking a stand and, and promoting division and allowing our hearts to be filled with anger. Praise God. Amen. Long term, some people... Some people, the Lord might even deal with you. Think about running for office, running for school boards, running for city council, running for mayor, governor, and state house, all all the kind of stuff, all the different things that are, we need believers, we need people with a light in those positions. Amen. Does everyone need to do that? I'm not doing it. It's not my call. But if you do, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in your corner. (laughs) 
as long as you think right. <laughs> you know, when people say, well, just vote your conscience. I hate that. The reason is many consciences have been seared. They've been seared by the news. <laughs> they watch the wrong thing and they start, th- no, don't vote your conscience, vote the word. Amen. Now, if you're in the word, if you're in the word of God, your conscience will line up with it. And so that won't be a problem. Amen. Well, I've run myself out of time, but uh, uh, read 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, and read about praying for, our, for those who are in authority, and, uh, and, and, and that, that's a, a passage. And, and then I'll, let me give you this one, Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. What, what do you mean righteousness exalts a nation? In our context, with the words of Jesus, let your light shine, you exalt a nation. When there's more of you and me, those who are close followers of the Lord, when we let our light shine, then what happens? Our nation gets better. The country is better off with more of us shining our light. Praise God. That's God's ways. That's God's word. It's God's plan. It's his spirit. It's all that stuff. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And good things are to come. I believe it. I believe it. I haven't thrown in the towel. I haven't given up on our land. I haven't given up on the future. I haven't even given up on California. (laughs) I believe in the power of God and the mobilized body of Christ. The light from him that shines through us can turn wicked situations around. Praise God. Father, thank you for working in us today. So.